we'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for April 22nd, 2019. And um, I'm going to shift gears here. This is just a real little clip from, oh, I don't know. I think it was the first season The X-Files was back. And I don't think it was the last one, but the first season. And it's entitled X-Files Drops the Truth. And this is just a little excerpt of, of ways that they, from a Kabbalistic principle, they communicate to us and show us their agenda, tell us what they're going to do to us ahead of time, and uh, it, it, do that through shows like The X-Files. Lies as a matter of course, as a matter of policy. The he was saying the government lies as a matter of course and policy, our U.S. government. Then he's going to say the Tuskegee Airmen experiment where they gave the Tuskegee, the black airmen of Tuskegee, um, in World War II, they gave them syphilis, and then they denied them the treatment, and they told them that they didn't have it, which would ultimately go into what they call tertiary syphilis, ultimately, if you let syphilis progress, which is essentially ends up liquefying your brain, and you go insane. And they were doing this to these Tuskegee Airmen. I'm not saying every single one, but they did experiment on them. Experiments on black men in the 30s, Henrietta Lacks. What are they trying to do? That's the missing piece. But it's not hard to imagine a government hiding, hoarding. This is the guy they're portraying as Alex Jones, okay? And they're trying to discredit him, but at the same time, they're going to let him say a lot of, well, I don't know, to a certain extent, what you would expect to hear from Alex Jones, which in this case, I'm saying you're going to hear a lot of truth. Alien technology for 70 years at the expense of human life and the future of the planet. So they're hoarding basically alien slash Nephilim slash fallen angelic technology, which is why they, they say that a lot of people in high-level government say that we've got technology a thousand years advanced as, to, as opposed to what we're actually able to have access to now in the general public. And when we entered into this treaty called the Grenada Treaty back in, I think, the 40s under Eisenhower, with these supposed aliens, that is when the technological advances started to totally explode. I've done a whole teaching on it. Just key in Grenada Treaty, the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. And you'll see that's exactly the same time we, when we entered into this treaty. That was the same time that the abductions of Americans started to explode. Because we went, entered into a treaty, our government, and in that, the agreement was, okay, we'll give you a lot of these goodies technologically from these uh, Nephilim devil demon creatures posing as aliens. Uh, and in exchange, though, we want to be able to experiment on a certain percentage of your population. And they did. They have of, of two to three to four percent of the population right now in private polling say that they've been abducted by supposedly aliens. And some of the women have been impregnated, and then the babies turn up missing. And this is all well documented. It's not hard to find this research. And again, if you're not if you're not aware of this, just key an alien agenda at contendingfortruth.com. I've done so many studies on this, I don't even, wouldn't even know where to direct you. And they're all mega studies, most of them. And I, I got another one I need to do, but I just, I'm having a hard time getting to it. Driven not only by corporate greed, but a darker objective. The takeover of America. And then the world itself. See, what are we talking about here? All, ultimately, all that we're talking about like in today's study, I haven't even got into the stuff we're going to get into later, but it is all about really taking America down as the last domino before the implementation, full implementation of the New World Order. Any means necessary, however violent, or cruel, or efficient, by severe drought, 
brought on by weather wars, conducted secretly using aerial contaminants and high altitude. Like, like chemtrails and the satellites, and they're going to have the 5G satellites, and, you know, they can control the weather. They've, they've done that since probably the 60s. They've, they've openly admitted to it. I've got whole slides of this in my avian flu presentation where they've, they've had hurricane abatement systems, hurricane creation systems, fog abatement, fog creation, earthquake. They, they can do all of this. They've admitted to it openly in official documents. So, you know, all of this has, is being in, in, has been and is being done to us. Electromagnetic waves in a state of perpetual war to create problem, reaction, solution scenarios to distract, enrage, and enslave American citizens at home with tools like the Patriot Act and the National Defense Authorization Act, which abridge the Constitution in the name of national security. The militarization of police forces in cities across the U.S., the building of prison camps by the Federal Emergency Management Agency with no stated purpose, the corporate takeover of food and agriculture, pharmaceuticals and healthcare, even the military in clandestine agendas to fatten, dull, sicken, and control a populace already consumed by consumerism. And I encourage you all to go shopping more. A I mean, doesn't this sound like all my studies? <laughs> I mean, this is like a, a small synopsis of a lot of the different things we report on every single week. That taps your phone, collects your data, and monitors your whereabouts with impunity. A government preparing to use that data against you when it strikes. And the final takeover begins. The takeover of America. By a well-oiled and well-armed multinational group of elites that will cull, kill, and subjugate happening as we sit here it's happening all around us the other shoe waiting to drop it'll probably start on a friday the banks will announce a security action necessitating their computers to go offline all weekend digital money will disappear they can just steal your money followed by the detonation of strategic electromagnetic pulse bombs to knock out major grids what will seem like an attack on america trump just signed that emp legislation we've talked about that in a recent study by terrorists or Russia. Or a simulated alien invasion using alien replica vehicles that exist and are already in use. Well, yeah, because we, we've reverse engineered a lot of these vehicles. We have that technology. We have anti-gravity technology that can pose as flying saucers. We also have Project Bluebeam, which can project things up in the air, which they mentioned that too, a simulated alien invasion. Project Bluebeam just came. Bluebeam in the keyword search at contendingfortruth.com. I've reported on that as well. They can stage, uh, they can stage fake raptures. They can, they can stage fake where your messiahs will appear in the air, like what you would perceive Jesus to look like, and over Muslim areas, what they would uh, um, uh, think that the Imam Mahdi, which is their awaited savior, would, and Buddhists, the fifth Buddha, and Krishna for the Hindus, they can do all that. They have all that ability. And then doing that in conjunction with an al a fake alien invasion where the ascended masters come back and they say, hey, listen, we, we're your creators. We created you. And Hollywood's primed us for that through the ancient astronaut theory. And uh, you messed your, our little science project. We created you, but you've messed things up so bad. We got to come back and police our science project. Just bow down, worship us as gods, do as you're told, and you'll get all these goodies. And I, I've talked about this scenario tons over the last decade plus so that's kind of what they're talking about here as well an alien invasion of the u.s the russians tried it in 47 you can't say these things i'm going to say them tomorrow 
It's fear-mongering, claptrap, isolationist, techno-paranoia, so bogus and dangerous and stupid that it borders on treason. She sounds like a true mind-control slave. Saying these things would be incredibly irresponsible. It's irresponsible not to say it. Yeah. Especially if it's the truth. Yep. So we have that. And um, then to segue into that, um, I uh, had a couple Christians that I've been corresponding a little bit with oh, in the last few years. And then I found out this week, I believe they're both Freemasons. <laughs> I never knew that. And um, I, uh, I had to give them the information on Freemasonry, how it's wicked and evil. And I gave them some links Tried to do it in a loving, nice way. I'm sure they're not going to receive it that way. I sent them a link on, should a Christian be a Mason? Which I give you at the end of this report I'm going to be going. And then also Mason Freemasonry's position on the Bible. Is the Bible the, their source and their guide? No, it is not. I also gave them two different tracts that you can send from Chick. One called The Unwelcome Guest and the other called The Curse of Baphomet. We just talked about Baphomet earlier. Um, and I went back into my Freemasonic file and... It, I saw this, and this was put out by Cutting Edge in 2008, but it really, we're getting to the point now where this is actually coming to fruition. And it's good to be reminded of this from, from time to time, how Freemasonry plays a gigantic part in the New World Order. The Freemasonry officially admits that the Luciferian all-seeing eye symbol on the back of the $1 bill is, is Masonic. It's Freemasonic. And here we're looking at a coin. It's a uh, um, a new Masonic World Conference commemorative coins. Um, the unfinished pyramid, of course, is copied directly from the symbols on the back of our $1 bill. Because the $1 bill has the unfinished pyramid. Let us see what Freemasonry is saying about these symbols. Now, I give you a picture of the coins here. One of them says World Conference of Masonic Grand Lodges, Universal Fraternity Action. It has the square and compass in the middle with the world in the center which means that freemasonry is going to conquer the world um this is in washington dc it's it's labeled 2008 and then the other one says basically a very very much like our own dollar bill uh it says novus order Secorum, which um new world order and it has the 13 unfinished the 13s uh steps not steps but but there's 13 levels to this unfinished pyramid with a square and compass on the very top i get into all this but um there's a picture if you want to see it so it says news brief own a limited edition world conference commemorative coin today freemasons in the nation's capital march 28 2008 now is your chance to get a piece of masonic history for the first time ever the World Conference of Grand Lodges is being held in Washington, D.C., which is where you have the highest. Um, you have to go to, to the grand whatever poobah place in Washington, D.C. if you're a 33rd degree Mason and drink wine out of a human skull in order to be a Freemason. So that's kind of well known. I, I imagine some of those it's actually human blood, but I think just for these cursory 33rd degree Freemason, it's wine. This limited edition coin has details of the World Conference logo on one side and the much-talked-about Novus Order Secorum, the unfinished pyramid, as seen on the back of the U.S. $1 bill, on the other. 
Notice carefully the meaning behind the first sentence. Now is your chance to own a piece of Masonic history. In this one sentence, Freemasonry admits that the pyramid on the back of the $1 bill is Masonic history. I hadn't really thought about it until he said it that way. Yeah, it is. They're admitting to it. What is the significance of this admission? You see, Masonry has officially and consistently denied to outsiders that these symbols had anything to do with Freemasonry. Now in one sentence, they have admitted that they were lying all along and that this symbol is indeed a symbol of Freemasonry. Carefully compare the Masonic commemorative coin above with the real symbol on the back of the $1 bill. Now, I'll give you a screenshot of the uh, the unfinished pyramid on the back of the $1 bill. All these pictures are here, so if you're looking at the PDF, you'll have it all right in front of you. Carefully compare um, this. You will notice right away that the one major difference is that the all-seeing eye in the official version on the $1 bill has been replaced by the standard Masonic symbol of the square and compass with the Masonic G in place of the eyeball. The change demonstrates that Freemasonry is admitting that their organization is satanic because we prove below that the all-seeing eye originated from the Egyptian mysteries religion and represents Horus, who is Lucifer. Please turn the American $1 bill over to the back side so we can study the symbol on the left. Now, again, it does it for you here, but call the called the obverse of the great seal this unfinished pyramid with the eye of lucifer hovering over the new old world order is ready to bring about the change to the new world order the symbolism dates back through freemasonry to the egyptian satanic mysteries the religion god cursed when he led moses and the children of israel out of bondage let us allow doc marquis a former illuminist satanist explain the symbol you will see that the symbol is highly satanic and is constructed using occult numbers and an occult hexagram. The pyramid represents the past. Note that the capstone of the pyramid is not in place, thus denoting an unfinished situation. This is Doc Marquis talking. The unfinished finished situation was planned to remain in effect until the old world order was destroyed and replaced with the new world order. So see, that's why when we talk about the total utter destruction of America, that is what they're planning on doing in order to bring in the new world order. The old world order's got to go and the new world order's got to come in. And that's only going to come through much cataclysm, according to their own words. Most likely in conjunction with World War III. Anut Koyeptis means announcing the birth. Now this is on the $1 bill. How does Jesus describe the appearance of Antichrist uh, in the beginning of the tribulation? Well, Matthew 24, 8 says it is the... He's talked about all the things about wars and rumors of wars and plagues and pestilences as the beginning of sorrows but the word sorrows means birth pangs and this and it really does i looked it up in the kjv uh, the underlying greek for sorrow is translated as sorrow twice pain once and travail once and the outline of biblical usage in the word sorrow is the pain of childbirth travail birth pangs intolerable anguish in reference to the dire calamities preceding the advent of the messiah so um Matthew 24, 8 says the word sorrows means birth pangs. The Illuminati's plan is, is forced by God, by God's omnipotent power to devise a plan which exactly fulfills his prophecies. So even though Satan thinks he's doing his thing, he's actually fulfilling what the word of God says. Then you have Novus Order Secorum, which means New World Order, which is on the bottom side of the, the, uh, the $1 bill under the pyramid. 
And then the capstone, you have the eye of Horus or Lucifer in the Egyptian mysticism or the eye of Satan. You have 13 steps or levels, which 13 is the number for depravity and rebellion. And then you have the date under the um, pyramid on the $1 bill. And the date, if you add up the Roman numerals, it's 1776, which is symbolic of May 1st Beltane, which is the second highest holy, unholy day of the year for, it's their part of their pagan holiday. It's May Day, it's May 1st, Beltane. And um, that is the day, that is when the New World Order was formed. Okay. And you think, well, no, I mean, 1776, when the Declaration of Independence was signed, yeah, it, that happened after. Declaration of Independence, July, 4th of July, or whatever. And um, 1776, no, this was May 1st. This actually happened before that. So this happened right before the, the the foundation of of the of the country. It preceded it, in other words. Notice that in the commemorative coin, these Roman numerals have been changed to six zero zero eight. This is the Masonic equivalent to this current year in which we are living, which back then was two thousand and eight. You see, the Masons just added four thousand years to the current modern year to arrive at the Masonic year of six thousand o eight. On May 1st, 1776, the New World Order was conceived. Um, Adam Weishaupt, they founded the New World Order, and um, whose foundation would be built upon depravity and rebellion. Its ultimate leader will be Satan, but his earthly leader will be the Antichrist. The earth has been pregnant with this evil world system since this date. The Illuminati considers that the birth pangs needed to give birth to the Antichrist began with World War One and shall end with the Antichrist on the world scene at the conclusion of World War III. This is what Albert Pike had that vision about. And um, about three world wars. The plan fulfills the Bible prophecy exactly. See Matthew 24, 6-8. Then we have the hexagram, which is embedded into the symbol on the back of the $1 bill. Satan's most evil symbol, out of which we get the word hex, which is putting a curse on someone. As you can see, the symbol was constructed so that a perfect hexagram was formed in the back of the $1 bill. Doc Marquis said the author of the symbol clearly drew the symbol so it would conform to this hexagram. Now, if you think the hexagram is this wonderful, good Jewish symbol, put in hexagram in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. And I did a whole study exposing that wicked, evil devil symbol. Doesn't mean I'm throwing all, the, all Jews under the bus, but it's the most highest level symbol in witchcraft. For those of us who know the occult and the Illuminati very well, the feature that stands out above all others is the great seal symbol on the all-seeing eye. This symbol is the single most important symbol of the Illuminati, for it exemplifies the supernatural power they wield from their Lord Lucifer, from Satan himself. As you can see, this symbol on the back of the $1 bill, the typical all-seeing eye, is depicted in the form of a pyramid, shown here hovering over the unfinished pyramid, representing the unfinished project of moving the world into the New World Order and staging their Masonic Antichrist. Notice the all-important hexagram interwoven within the dollar bill. The hexagram is the single most evil satanic symbol in the world and is the most powerful ritual symbol. Further, when Satan has put a circle around the hexagram, he has created what is known as a demon trap, a place inside of which the demon can manifest himself into this dimension without the person that's summoning him being hurt. Um, by making the symbol on our $1 bill a demon trap, the Satanist literally believes he's allowing demons to come through this dimension at will. Since the Illuminati believes money in the financial system is the lifeblood of a nation's existence because the love of money is the root of all evil, they believe they have infused demonism into our nation, and they have. This belief is one of the reasons 
the Illuminati did not place this unfinished pyramid on our $1 bill until after the privately held and owned Illuminist Federal Reserve System was established in 1913. And they have a note here, in Seminar 2, America controls the true flow of history. There's a link to that. We cover the true story behind these Illuminist symbols on the back of our $1 bills. Therefore, we must thank modern Freemasonry for finally admitting that the satanic unfinished pyramid on the back of the $1 bill is Masonic to the core and Masonic in its origin. In our video series, Secret Mysteries of America's Beginnings, we demonstrate that the invisible Masonic Lodge planned the government of America beginning in the 1580s between Sir Francis Bacon and Queen Elizabeth I, which is known as the New Atlantis. And there's a link to that. Um, I think I still have the, those DVDs. And our Masonic founding fathers faithfully carried this plan out in riddles of stone and that's george washington and the founding fathers they they with i believe that french architect guy were the ones that planned out the layout of the streets of washington dc which couldn't be more evil and satanic and occultic in the way all of washington dc is laid i mean it's, it's the largest obelisk the washington monument is the largest obelisk on earth which is a phallus symbol and it's 666 feet from the bottom 111 feet below ground, 555 feet above ground. You add that together, it's 666 feet high, the Washington Monument. And it's in symbolic of a male genital, you know, phallus symbol. It's, what it's, it's the largest one on earth. And that's just part of the wicked, evil architecture of Washington, D.C. Now, if you don't believe this, just key in riddles in stone on YouTube. I'm assuming it's still up there, or if it's not... I, try searching for it on the internet like DuckDuckGo, and you probably find it on like vimeo or maybe brighton or whatever or and the new atlantis because these are really good dvds that cutting edge put out you can buy them too i'm there i give you links here but if you don't want to buy them i i'm i know that they were up there on youtube um in the last time i checked but it just shows you the absolute total wicked evil occult roots of this country you know, and it always, you always hear, oh, we were founded on Christian principles and all this other stuff. I'm not saying there were no Christians, but I'm telling you right now, the way Washington, D.C. is laid out and the agenda that was set afoot was not Christian. Was not. Now, I'm not saying that everything about the country is wicked or evil or that whatever, but, you know, watch these. They're, they're irrefutable. I mean, they're just documenting facts here. So, because Washington, D.C. was originally planned by Masons, and the construction done under Masonic leadership, you can see satanic signs woven into the city by the dozens. We demonstrate this fact very well in our award-winning DVD, Riddles in Stone. It is very good. Thanks to this commemorative coin, the Masons have officially verified what their, first, what their spokesman vehemently denied as they testified in Riddles in Stone. The first commemorative coin on the left in the above symbol simply restates the truth. The global, the global Illuminized Freemasons, the Illuminati, have created a global plan to move all nations to a worldwide dictatorship, a worldwide economy, and a worldwide religion uh, under their staged Freemasonic Antichrist and false prophet. As discerning watchers of current events now know fully well, this Masonic plan fulfills the Bible prophecy exactly, and it is nearly completed. And that's what he was saying back in 2008. You can imagine how much closer we are now. And also, I give you the resources for the Masons, two different tracks, The Unwelcome Guest, Curse of Baphomet, should a Christian be a Mason? Masonry's position on the Bible and is the Bible their source and guide? I give you links to all those in the PDF for uh, April 22nd, 2019. 
Now, since we're on the subject, I thought it would be appropriate to throw in, I haven't mentioned this in a long time, the Masonic History of George Washington. This is a teaching I did way back in 2006. This is probably one of the things that was integral in getting me ultimately kicked off of um, Sermon Audio. Because this doesn't go along with modern day preaching at all. This teaching will start by giving a detailed historical documented Freemasonic chronology of the first U.S. President George Washington. Please view the PDF below in totality before you dismiss this material. I've even got a better PDF now regarding it, regarding the dreams and visions this guy had. Oh, man. Anyway, the evidence is absolutely overwhelming. You cannot bow the knee to Baal, Freemasonry, and God, um, which is Bible-believing Christianity. No man can serve two masters. And I've also done dedicated teachings on freemasonry if you want to know more about that just keen freemasonry contendingfortruth.com find those as well like i said i've got probably over 2000 separate parts now who knows it might be up to 2500 I, I don't even know um no man can serve two masters ask yourself if it is possible for washington's christian testimony to undo or negate all of this evidence we are presenting that are facts because that's what that's the the argument i get well yeah he did this and he did just like with trump well he does this and he does that yeah but what about all this evil that he's doing a fountain can't yield both fresh and salt water a tree is known by its fruit why isn't he pursuing righteousness in all aspects of his life why does he have this other side that, that is this dark side that's hidden that's covered up by the history books up for a, a lot i mean you're not hearing about you know washington and his you know the full freemasonic funeral that he had and all of the you know well here let's just talk about this ask yourself if is it possible for washington's christian testimony to undo all this evidence we will be examining the 333 foot which is half the size of um the washington monument oh it's half of 666 333 foot george washington masonic memorial in alexandria virginia i mean this is a big place He's got his own George Washington Masonic Memorial in Alexandria, Virginia, which houses a large part of his personal Masonic regalia. We will see how the Masonic religion is one of the closest modern-day examples we have to the aspect of Babylon, Babylonian mystery religions. We will then explore some of the blasphemous hidden symbology of the Masons, like the square and compass, the Luciferian meanings of the symbols on the $1 bill and the lambskin aprons they wear. They believe their lambskin aprons that they get are their covering when they get to heaven or wherever they think they're going to end up because they believe that the God of the universe, they call him the great architect of the universe, it's Satan. But they believe that, see, we believe that the lamb, Jesus Christ, had to die and his, shed, and his blood be shed to cover our sins. They believe their lambskin aprons that they wear will be that same thing that are going to that are going to grant them entrance in heaven they they believe that that's what they're taught maybe not at the lower levels but you know i'd say 30 30th 31st 32nd and 33rd uh and then this is just other stuff i cover we will explore the shocking true meaning of the triquetra symbol that appears on the cover of the new king james bible which is a the triple wiccan goddess symbol okay just so you know uh, we will hear some sound clips of Benny Hinn cursing all those who would oppose his demonic ministry and see how he has mastered the art of hypnotic induction to deceive his followers. Lastly, we will explore the subject of persecution persecution and Christianity. I give you the PDF for the George Washington 
here. Um, I've even got a more extensive one now, but so anyway, now switching gears again, hospital worker says nano nano robot mosquito killed woman. I know this sounds like something in the National Enquirer, but these things exist. And the hospital covered it up. And here's a picture of one of these nano robot mosquitoes. They're openly admitting to them. They've got the patents on them. They're out there. Okay. Shows a little this little mosquito-like thing. It shows the power source, the processor, camera and microphone, and a syringe where you know its face would be. Um, this is what our tax dollars are buying. Legs appear to work via repelling and attracting electromagnets. So there's a picture of one of these things. They're robots. Now let's just hear what what this hospital, what this I believe a nurse has to say about this. And we had a case in Dallas um, that one of the ladies died. And um, it was hush-hush, and nobody could know about it. And the nurses and the doctors and everybody had to sign the agreement to be quiet. We are going to open up the phones right now, folks. So nothing in the show should be considered legal, medical, or financial advice. The views of the callers can differ considerably and do not necessarily reflect my opinion. Uh, Sean, it's exactly the reason why we do this channel. Uh, and that gives you the chance to talk about them. So we can actually share the truth and do as much as we can to combat the false. Hello, is this uh, Whitney? Yes. From Texas? Uh Yes. Uh, first off, I want to say I'm a longtime watcher. I started watching you. I'm a first-time caller as well. Thank you. And, That's awesome. Um, I just absolutely love your show. Um, I've learned so much. <laughs> That's great. Thank you um, for calling, Whitney. Um, so, uh, most yeah. definitely. I uh, live in North Texas, uh, Dallas, Fort Worth. I do want to let you know I also work for the uh, the largest um, county hospital in North Texas in the region, and um, there is a lot of covering up of uh, uh, pandemic type stuff going on. And um, in September of last year, um, there was a lady that came in with the flu that swatted at a mosquito. And when she swatted at the mosquito, she got cut. And basically, the mosquito was a nanobot mosquito. And they're, well, they're showing a picture of the same thing that we just went over. There's a picture in the PDF. These, this is not a this is not a lie. This is they've got patents on these things. They're openly admitting that this technology exists. And it was filled with an injection of. Uh, you can literally see the little syringe. And the very tip of its where I guess you would uh, like its head would be, and there's a syringe there, and you, there's a little needle. It looks like a little needle coming off it, where this thing could land on you and inject you, and you just think you're being bit by a mosquito because it'd probably feel about the same. Um, the flu that kills you, and she died a day later, and uh, our our hospital covered it up. So the hospitals are being given a heads up if it's a nanobot mosquito at the highest levels, I'm sure not all nurses, but that, that injects you with this because they always beta test on small segments of the population and then they see what public reaction will be. It's this nanobot mosquito lands on her, 
she's getting injected she swats it like you would swat a normal mosquito it disables this thing she looks at it it's a little nanobot it's a severe type of of i'm sure uh genetically engineered flu she dies within a day okay so that that's how quick this kills you so wait that's a pretty big going so mm -hmm. what now but yes. what do you mean they like they knew about it is this something that were they partnering up with some sort of company to test these things out like, cause they're, um, they're not, they weren't partnering with any kind of company. Um, this lady just came in with a, um, mosquito bite and with a cut on her finger. And, uh, she, it's actually, um, if, if you Google, mm, I, I want to say you can Google it and it, it gives a report about it, um, no, 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 this Person. is, I already knew, I mean, here's the thing, they, they, they released, they showed this technology last year at several Air Force bug bot nano drone technology. Yes. Yes. And we had a case in Dallas um, that one of the ladies died and um, it was hush, hush, and nobody could know about it. And the nurses and the doctors and everybody had to sign the agreement to be quiet. <laughs> Unbelievable. And this was uh, oh. and this was a uh, one of the one of the hospitals in Texas. Yes, this is a hospital in Dallas. Yep, it's a county hospital. Wow. Yep. So pretty crazy stuff, and. Yeah, and I know that they covered it up, and, um, you know, I already know uh, that they have, um, you know, of course, the flu and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I see it, you pulling it up right now, the nanobots that have the, and, um, like. Now, I, remember, God can still protect you from this. There's nothing too big for God. This is just a little nanobot mosquito can kill you. But God can protect you from this. But this is why I have this ministry, so that you're aware of stuff like this. Because they're going to be unleashing more and more of their wicked, evil technology in this regard on humanity. And if, you're, if you've never been exposed to any of this, then you're going to not have even have a clue it exists. But if, uh, I think they do have a um, some type of, uh, yeah, um, cover story. I'm just, I'm not just, cover story, but they're covering just... up blown away do you think that like now i want to dig into this and then the atlanta cdc guy i mean yes. do, do you realize like that that gentleman uh the timothy cunning the timothy cunningham story still plagues me to this day no pun intended honestly <laughs> it, it no no seriously though i i really didn't I intend know. that and uh that was corny um but Seriously, yeah. <laughs> Timothy fascinates me. Timothy Cunningham disappeared, and then found drowned suicide. It it just doesn't make any sense. And no. so, what's on the screen right now is a nanobot mosquito, and it at the tip of its, uh, you know, it looks real. If you if you bl if you kind of squint your eyes, at the tip of it, it mm -hmm. is a little injector. It's literally. Yep. I mean, this is. This is what they are creating now. It's a little syringe. 
It it exactly. And she said when she swatted at it, she cut her finger and she was confused. And uh, when she went to the hospital, she, I don't know if she took it with her. I have no idea. I'm not exactly sure on that. Um, But definitely, uh, you know, it it cut her finger and they kept it quiet. And I'm I'm guessing that, you know, they are already known about this kind of stuff. Because, like I said, it's a county hospital that I work for, and um, I already know that they do a lot of testing on homeless people and cancer that's kind of under the radar, um, if you know what I mean. It's like a lot of top secret type stuff. I'm pretty sure like CIA type stuff. Um, it's pretty, pretty intense. This is, so, this is blowing also, my mind. Yeah, because also we work with a lot of cancer patients, and, uh, you know, I see cancer coming in. I mean, I work in the surgical specialty trauma department, and it's it's just crazy what I see, you know, and and the homeless population. And I've seen a lot of homeless uh, disappear, um, and I don't know where they go, which is kind of sad. can, Can I contact you off air? Most definitely. Okay. Um, Whitney from... Yes. Whitney... Oh, God. Somebody said... Okay. Somebody <laughs> said, is is she from Houston? <laughs> Whitney Houston. And never oh. Okay. They, that was worse than... Uh, yeah, anyways. Okay. Whitney, I really appreciate your call, and uh, that's that just absolutely blew my mind. So thank you so much for the call. Be safe, be prepared. You're welcome. And Marf out. You too, and thank you so so much for what you do. You're amazing. And to join the Discord, which uh, if new people come in, of course, the mods usually drop it. I've got some real... Okay, so we have that, man. I mean, you know, it just gets more insane by the day. Uh, Next report. Ebola outbreak in Congo is close to becoming global emergency. This Ebola outbreak has no end in sight as as media then panics over measles, though. Okay. Uh... Last week, the World Health Organization issued a statement on the ongoing Ebola outbreak in two provinces of the Democratic Republic of Congo. If this Ebola outbreak isn't stopped soon, it could become a global threat. The recent spike of cases increases the threat that the deadly virus will spread to other countries and efforts must be redoubled to stop it. The WHO said last Friday after a meeting of its expert committee, and WHO is just like Satan, on April 12th, the WHO claimed that while the ongoing Ebola outbreak in the Congo is of deep concern, the situation does not yet warrant being declared a global emergency. Now, there's a little video here that I'm going to play. Right, back to the report. For starters, let's first talk about Ebola. Should Ebola be something of concern? Check out this article on ZeroHedge.com. The Ebola outbreak in Congo is becoming a global emergency. Now, the article goes on to reference the World Health Organization, who issued a statement on April 12, 2019, that's titled, Statement on the Meeting of the International Health Regulations 2005, Emergency Committee for Ebola Virus Disease in the Democratic Republic of Congo, April 12, 2019. What are the key findings according to the World Health Organization? It states, it was the view of the Committee of Ongoing Ebola Outbreak in North Kiev and Itru provinces of the Democratic Republic of Congo does not constitute a public health emergency of international concern. 
However, that's the key word there, the committee wished to express their deep concern about the recent increase in transmission in specific areas and therefore the potential risk to spread to neighboring countries. Now here is some of the advice being given and that includes special emphasis are to be placed on certain areas within the country and because there is such a high risk of regional spread, neighboring countries should continue to accelerate current preparedness and surveillance efforts, including vaccines of healthcare workers and frontline workers in surrounding countries. Cross-border collaboration should continue to be strengthened, including timely sharing of data and alerts, cross-border community engagement, and awareness rising. In addition, work should be done to better map population movements and understand the social networks bridging the boundaries. While there is no added benefit to declaring a public health emergency of international concern at this stage, there was concern about current levels of transmission requiring close attention to the evolving situation. In other words, they're not declaring an international public health emergency as of yet. However, they are advising governments all across the world to take major precautions, which means they do believe it has the capability of going global. But let's not forget about another health risk that the mainstream media is purposefully ignoring, and that is Canada Aris. Check out this report on the NewYorkTimes.com titled, A Mysterious Candida. Orange Aris. And the reason it's Aris is because it was discover originally discovered in a lady's ear. And auris is another, it's more of a medical term for hearing and ear and that type of thing. So. Various infections spanning the globe in a climate of secrecy. The rise of Canada auris embodies a serious growing public. Now, I just did a, a almost a full part on this uh, last teacher and teaching before that. So if you want to know more about that, just key that in. I give you what to do about it as well. Health threat, drug resistant germs. Now I did a report on this earlier this month that I titled, the CDC is literally hiding this from you to prevent panic, but maybe you should know about it. In the report, I revealed that the CDC is actually worried about this particular fungus, not only because it's drug resistant, but because it has a 40 to 50% mortality rate or death rate, and it's very hard to diagnose. And when a patient goes into a room at the hospital, literally everything he or she touches is impacted and has the germ on it. Therefore, the CDC is absolutely concerned with the Candida auris fungus. Check out this chart, which shows how the fungus is spreading and how over the years it has literally multiplied. The problem is the CDC has yet to issue any main real alert on this particular fungus and mainstream media has remained almost 100% quiet on the topic. Want to know the truth? Here's the raw truth. Ebola has a death rate of over 50% of the people it touches. Candida auris, the fungus, has a mortality rate of anywhere from 40 to 50 some odd percent of the people it infects. Both of these are going ignored for the most part by the mainstream media. What is the mainstream media paying attention to? Measles, a virus that has a very minimal mortality rate as well as can be cured over time by your own body. Check out this excerpt on wikipedia.com. In the modern era, it is rare to suffer permanent disability or death 
from measles in the United States. You see, the mainstream media is paying more attention to the measles outbreak. Measles, a virus that in most cases goes away on its own. One people, one person killed in the last 15 years in America. And they're acting like it's, you know, the, the biggest pandemic ever and everybody has to be forced vaccinated. I mean, a, a lot of the people that are advocating for this. So again, we've covered this in depth in the previous studies we've done. Whereas Ebola and Canada RS do not go away on their own and have a very high mortality rate. Measles does not. So why is the mainstream media giving attention to a less deadly one and not the more prominent ones who are actually and have actually killed more people than measles have over the past year? Good question. Maybe it has something to do with vaccinations. After all, some of the areas where measles broke out, people were forced to get vaccines. Take a look at this article on NBCNews.com. NYC measles vaccination order prevails in court. NPR.org Washington State Senate passes bill removing exemption for measles vaccine. Here's something to think about. If you're vaccinated against measles, then what does it matter if another person gets it or not? If that vaccine is so good and going to prevent you from getting the measles virus, then what does it matter if anybody else has the vaccine or not? Just stating the obvious. Anyhow, I'd love to get your thoughts, comments, and concerns. Okay, so we have that um, video. Okay, so continuing on, all signs point to UN-imposed medical martial law coming to the southern border. What is going to happen when one of these new illnesses is Ebola? Dave Hodges just put this out this week. And um, this is really the last report that we're going to be covering. Steve Quayle once stated in the Common Sense Show that a civil crisis will be manufactured in America and will be followed by a military attack upon the United States. And after reading this article, it will become apparent that the attackers, whether they be Chinese or Russians, will be wearing the blue helmets, which is the UN you know, supposed peacekeepers. It starts here and it's coming to a city near you with each successive wave of caravan migrants comes an increased risk of deadly pandemic outbreaks for which Americans have no immunity. And again, this is another gigantic reason that Trump and everyone is letting this letting this happen because ultimately, most likely, it will be the linchpin for why they're going to impose martial law, whether it's medical martial law at the beginning or just flat-out martial law. I don't know. And again, it, it may not, but it will... It, bare minimum it will be a gigantically large contributing factor a mysterious polo polio is sweeping the country border patrol agents are growing increasingly concerned about the diseases for which americans have no immunity are coming across the border we already know that people from africa make up part of the caravans are we naive to think that more serious illnesses are are not on the way what is going to happen when one of these new illnesses is Ebola? Well, it's too late. Ebola has already arrived at the border. This is from Breibart, I'm assuming from this week. And it said a, a public health official in Laredo, Texas said 20 Congolese migrants from the Congo, which is where they're having, which is the center and heart of the... Uh, how are these Congolese people getting coming up to the southern border? You have to ask yourself that question. One of the poorest, you know, countries in Africa, yet... You've got all these Congolese illegal aliens, essentially, coming up through our southern border, and they just happened to apprehend 20 of them here. And they're being, they were 
um, were monitored for Ebola and other diseases in shelters in the city and across the Mexican border in Nuevo Laredo. Shortly after his announcement during a Laredo City Council meeting, the World Health Organization, or Satan, considered declaring a global emergency in response to a massive outbreak of Ebola in the Democratic Republic of Congo, but they haven't went so far as to do that yet. This is all part of the plan, as I previously reported, that Monsatino, or, Monsan or Monsanto, as many call them, has partnered with the Department of Defense to use a proxy third-party company to develop a vaccine against Ebola. The seed money began at $1.5 million. The value of the deal could grow to an estimated $86 million. The company's name is Tecamira Pharmaceuticals Corporation, a leading developer of RNA interface therapeutics. RNA stands for ribonucleic acid. TKM Ebola, an anti-Ebola virus RNAi therapeutic, is developed under a $140 million contract with the U.S. Department of Defense Medical Countermeasure Systems Biodefense Therapeutics Joint Management Office. As breaking and as shocking as of a news story as this is, has the potential to be, the real story is that this is not the most important part of the Ebola threat, which has invaded the United States. The truth of the matter is that these unholy and untrustworthy associations, when it comes to fighting the Ebola virus, represent the mere tip of the iceberg. The more one, one digs into who is behind the creation and development of these vaccines for treating Ebola, the more conspiracy networks widen. The most amazing fact is how incredibly easy it is to locate this information. And I want to be clear on this point. Ebola was invented, and a vaccine for Ebola has existed for over 10 years. And some government-sponsored institutions, as well as some global elite, have positioned themselves to profit enormously from the spread of the Ebola virus and the development of and dissemination of mandatory Ebola vaccines in the imposition of total martial law in the process. And I think this whole thing with the measles is their beta testing to see how much public outcry there's going to be because measles isn't even a problem. Can you imagine, though, if it's something like Ebola that, that has a greater than 50% kill rate, particularly if it's something that's genetically modified in the lab, that the, the, um, the escalation of fear could be, you know, a thousandfold with something like that with the way the mainstream media is as well. So now... <clears throat> Ebola was invented, you have to understand this, and um, here is the proof. Human Ebola virus species and compositions and methods thereof, and it's got this big, I don't know if it's a patent number or what, and here's the whole thing with the patent for the Ebola virus. Amazingly, the CDC owns the patent on Ebola in all future strains. The summary of the invention section of the patent document also clearly claims that the U.S. government is claiming ownership over all Ebola viruses that share as little as 70% similarity with the Ebola it invented. Just like they invented HIV and injected it into the gay male population in, I think it was 1978, San Francisco, Chicago, and New York City, which is what started the AIDS epidemic. Okay, They invented HIV, which is a retrovirus, which typically doesn't even occur in nature. And that's why it's so hard to get rid of. Well, they did the same thing with Ebola. This is our wonderful government that wants to kill us off at work. Why would a government organization claim to have invented this infectious disease and then claim a monopoly over its exploitation for commercial use? It is clear that the CDC plans to claim royalties on the Ebola vi vaccines. 
This certainly increases the likelihood that the vaccines will become mandatory, thus creating the profit potential for the patent holders. And here's the full patent. You can look at it. I'm not going to go over it all. It's publication date, April 29, 2010. Filing date, October 26, 2009. And, you know, it's got all the people associated with it. Clearly, this has been suspected for decades. Ebola is a man-made, and this patent proves the intention of the CDC to profit from a future pandemic. Why does the CDC need to own the patent on Ebola? Perhaps we should ask Bill Gates why he previously donated $50 million to the United Nations and the CDC in the name of fighting Ebola. The CDC has partners in the fight against Ebola, namely Curacel, the National Institute of Health, and the U.S. Army Medical Research Institute of Infectious Disease. So you see how our government is, is commingled and yoked up with people like the Gateses and the medical pharma cartel in this big satanic organization to maximize profits and to totally decimate the world population ultimately since when would gates not expect a return on his investments bill and melinda gates are in there as well that's who um their partners uh gates and michael bloomberg have already contributed large sums of money to numerous vac vaccination causes such as the global polio eradication initiative originally launched in 1988 by the hwo Rotary International, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and the United Nations Children Fund, or UNICEF. The return on investment has been impressive. So why are so many levels of government pushing for mandatory vaccinations? Well, I think we know that answer, but there are lies of commission and lies of omission. The media for over a decade has been lying to the American people by omission. The work on an Ebola virus sanctioned by the holder of the patent for the vaccine, the NIH, has been ongoing since 2004 with clinical trials in 2006. This explains why the CDC and the NIH will be bringing Ebola patients into this country to treat. The moment that an Ebola patient crosses the U.S. border, they become, this is unbelievable, the moment that an Ebola patient crosses the U.S. border, they become the intellectual property of the CDC, NIH, and Bill and Melinda Gates. How can we not believe this is the Hegelian dialectic run amok in the case of problem creation, solution to the problem, and reaction to the problem? Why, why, why did they say, well, the moment an Ebola patient crosses the border, they become the intellectual property of the seat? Because they own the patents on the Ebola virus. And if it's 70% like that patent that they own, which it will be because they created it, well, then the Ebola virus in them is the property of the patent holder. Therefore, they can say this person has this this patented material inside them so you are intellectual property how dare you contract something like this you have no right this is our virus so you can see where this would all lead as far as you know taking control over other people's bodies without their consent the involvement of the usa mri id uh, is noteworthy because the army has long been rumored to have created Ebola and for the purposes of experimentation implanted the artificial virus in Zaire in 1977 with an unsuspecting public. Uh, when an unsuspecting public is finally told of the existence of an Ebola vaccine, the Global Fund will be in charge of the distribution of the vaccine. Interestingly, Bill Gates has donated a total of $560 million to the Global Fund. The Global Fund has also positioned themselves to be in charge of the distribution of the newly developed and not yet announced vaccines for TB and HIV. 
since the goal of and again a lot of uh you know a lot of the the uh tb tuberculosis is coming over via the illegal aliens so they're trying to create as much disease spreading vectors as they can so that they can create these um um instances where they that they will deem as a pandemic so then that they, they can roll out all their vaccines and take away all of our individual liberties and ultimately hope in their eyes hopefully force vaccinate us since the goal is vaccination of every man woman and child on the planet with multiple vaccines and we've talked a lot about that lately gates's 560 million dollar contribute contribution to the global fund is chump change compared to the expected return on investment or roi however on the desk is the ebola virus the question in the subtitle can now be answered how on deck i'm sorry on deck is the ebola virus the push for mandatory vaccinations is preparing the public for the final vaccination the ebola vaccination however that is not the end game the cdc and the nih will profit enormously as will bill gates when the ebola spreads through america mandatory vaccinations are a gold mine of profits however the end game is the political objective the ebola crisis will set a stage for a united nations takeover of the border at least starting at the border under the guise of humanitarian aid and this is how why and how they're going to want to get their foot in here and trump will be on board with it if this happens if god doesn't intervene but his base is all asleep so pretty much so you know it's ripe for the pickings um during such events the cdc would screen people at airports this would be under u.n sponsored medical martial law the CDC would screen airports and other transportation hubs and also the roads. They would have checkpoints and roadblocks and things of this nature and apprehend those who they are being suspected of ill for three days and potentially quarantine and isolate them pending a medical review. And excerpts from The Atlantic, which is a consistent mouth, mouthpiece for the Trilateral Commission, says in their, in their report, it says, The CDC is already authorized to detain people suspected of carrying diseases like the plague, Ebola, and somewhat improbable smallpox. Now, they're not doing that though with the illegal aliens typically they want them to be disease vectors that they you know that spread the diseases into the interior of the united states and that's why they're busing them in um, but the new rule does away with the formal list it extends the same powers to any quarantinable communicable disease and uses wider ranges of symptoms from a list that federal agents can update as the need arises for defining quote ill people all it's going to take is if you have what they deem as a, a cough or something i've went over this before james hodge jr a professor at the public health law and ethics of arizona state university says it allows the cdc to detain travelers indefinitely before deciding whether to quarantine them saying only that the agency doesn't expect such apprehension to last more than 72 hours oh yeah famous last words it doesn't make provision for legal counsel if people can't afford a lawyer themselves so you have no right to an attorney and it puts any reviews of the agency's decision under the auspices of its own employees rather than a neutral third party. Using the rule, a future administration could hold travelers in government custody for days and weeks without providing an explanation or an opportunity for the individuals um, to challenge their detentions. So you'll have no rights, in other words, is what they're saying here. The, uh, who wrote this? This was Emma Roth and Kyle Edwards from the Yale Law School. The rule also gives the CDC ultimate authority to carry out medical tests and treatments, stating that the individual's consent shall not be considered as a prerequisite to the exercise of authority. So in other words, they at that point deem that they have total control over you and your body. You have no more 
rights, not even your own body. So your your consent shall not be considered a prerequisite to the exercising of any authority. The, the, and this is the authority that they deem that they have over you. I mean, this is if this isn't satanic, I don't know what is. These revelations from the Atlantic are concerning enough. However, the CDC policies are simply expanding the power of medical martial law. And when one examines the fine points, it is a license to remove undesirables, deplorables, and political opponents from society. And they can do so under the guise of protecting the public. In other words, you don't even have to be sick. If you're on their list, this can be the ultimate way they can come in undercover and essentially kill you or abduct you and take you away. Now, again, God is bigger than all of this, but I'm telling you what they have planned for humanity. Um, this is where America will truly learn the finer points of FM 39.4, i.e. FEMA camps, as the issue of medical martial law was decided, decided under the Obama administration. As Ebola is beginning to spread once again, Throughout and, and just Trump's just continuing what they all started at, at this point. That's all he's doing. Honestly, they're getting a lot more aggressive under him now. Um, so he's just one in the line. He's just an actor that's playing a part, and um, he's doing it very well at this point. Uh, as Ebola is beginning to spread once again throughout Africa, the Atlantic would have you believe the CDC is scrambling to come up with containment and legal policies designed for quarantine, etc. Nothing could be further from the truth, though. The issue was decided in 2014 when the CDC enacted now pandemic policies. The new policies are draconian and they represent the backdoor impl implementation of medical martial law and the removal, removal of undesirables. As previously referred multiple times in the Common Sense Show, and thanks to Obama, the United Nations can now unilaterally impose a state of medical martial law and assume control. In fact, the smoking resettlement regulations, known as FM-39.41... 401-5 states that foreign troops will eventually occupy FEMA camps, referred to as resettlement camps. This section of the paper is the smoking gun for medical martial law as per the UN takeover of handling a medical crisis. Army document FM 3-39.401-5 speaks clearly to the fact that its absolute intent is to use foreign military assets to imprison American citizens Again, this is all scenarios we've, we've covered. Um, so all of this stuff we've we've covered at length in times past. So goes on to say, and even if medical martial law does not completely result in the de facto takeover of the U.S. by the U.N., there's always the Kigali principles, uh, which will all a which will implement a U.N. military action to take place of a rescue a country in crisis dave hodges doesn't typically do a very good job of editing his reports that he puts out um does anyone think that it's very strange that the un is taking over the the training for the newly formed mexican national guard which is replacing the mexican government federales in april 9 2019 the washington post story the wapo i don't know what that means the wapo thinks that an endeavor is perfectly fine. Oh, Washington Post. Okay. Uh, thinks that it's perfectly fine with the ultimate intention to flood the United States with a crippling blow with a number of incoming illegal aliens to be so great that America will never recover. That's why they want open borders. That is why Trump signed the legislation. That's why he's doing what he's doing just to, 
not in catch and, catch and release and all the other things. They've created the ultimate incentive program by destabilizing other countries south of America. And then these people are in a desperate situation and then we've got this big, you know, incentive plan to come up here. So of course you're going to have millions coming here. The United Nations claims that it is taking over human rights training for domestic military force. This is double talk to cover the fact that the UN is taking over Mexican law enforcement. So, uh, and why would the United Nations be interested in taking over Mexican law enforcement? I can give 160 million reasons on the UN, on why the UN is taking over the so-called training role, because the UN has set the number of illegal immigrants designed to enter the United States in the next two years at 160 million newly invited guests for dinner. Well, there's only, what, 330 million in, in America. 160 million would be like one third of America. I've we've thrown these subject we've thrown these figures out there. I, I pray to God it's not accurate, but th I mean, listen, they're trying to do to America exactly what they've they're doing to Europe, and that's you know overwhelm them with illegal aliens and uh, destabilize the country, and ultimately then that's the excuse to take over, or at least a big part of it. So 160 million new invited guests for dinner. That is a lot of disease that can cross our southern border. Let's take another look um, at the organization structure of the soon-to-be medical isolation camps. Here are the member agencies as listed by the Health and Human Services in the Ebola Detainment Camp Centers, which are FEMA camps. They And notice they have no real medical facilities. Look at the participating partners in the hospital detainment centers uh, in this document. The list is very revealing as to the intended purpose of these camps. Here are the supporting agencies. The Department of Agriculture, the Department of Commerce, the Department of Defense, of Energy, of Homeland Security, of, of the Interior, of Justice, of Labor, of State, of Transportation, of Veterans Affairs, the Environmental Protection Agency, General Services Administration, U.S. Agency for International Development, U.S. Postal Service, American Red Cross. So like all of these gigantic huge major organizations are already participating partners in the hospital detainment centers for the Ebola um, these Ebola detainment centers this is legislation that's already been put in place I mean this is this is just beyond insane I cannot shake a story that the late Larry Grathwall told me regarding a conversation he had with Bill Ayers. Now, remember, too, we're dealing with Dave Hodges, so typically we're dealing with a 100% negative mindset. We're all going to die tomorrow, and there's no hope or whatever. Every once in a while, he'll have some stuff where he will talk about the Lord and things of this nature, but it's not his typical MO. Usually, it's all doom and gloom. So, understand, look at those scriptures we went into in part one, and this is a heads up things to pray about um I, i'm, I'm going to be adding some things to the prayer list and um you know not to be destroyed for lack of knowledge type of stuff anyway i cannot shake the story that the late larry grothwell told me regarding a conversation he had with bill Ayers. larry's conversation took Ayers a while he was serving as an fbi special informant sent to investigate the Ayers organization which was the weather men underground Ayers is also the man who launched President Obama's political career from the living room of his Chicago area home. Grathwell revealed on my talk show that he asked Ayers 
the, le the then leader of the radical group, the Weathermen Underground, in a meeting of about 25 well-to-do fellow, fellow Weathermen, most with advanced degrees from Ivy League universities, what the Weathermen planned to do when they achieved their goal of communist takeover of the government. Grathwell stated that Ayers paused for a moment and then said it was likely that about 50 million Americans will have to be re-educated in concentration camps located in the American Southwest and that about 25 million would have to be then eliminated, meaning that they would have to be murdered. The potential implications are stunning. On the one hand, the UN is preparing on one side of the border and on, on this side of the border in America, the CDC, NIH, and Bill Gates are posturing to make enormous profits. So again, this is just one scenario. Now, what I did is I copied and pasted from the previous teaching I did on Ebola, and if you want to know more about that, just key in Ebola in the keyword search box at continuefortruth.com, and you can see the teachings I've done where I actually go over this protocol. I'm not going to go over it again. I've done it before, but basically it is the protocol for Ebola, the 10,000 part per million and five mild silver protein protocol for Ebola. Okay, and again, it's a lot of stuff here. And as far as it's not that it's not that complicated, but this is about three more pages of information that I've already covered. But the protocol is here at the end of the PDF for April twenty second, two thousand and nineteen, at contendingfortruth.com. Okay, and um, it tells you all about Ebola, what to do, how to take the silver. Um, I mean, it's it's pretty much. I, I've got. I I do have ten thousand in stock. Uh, I don't. Have, I don't have an endless supply, but it is on special. Still, I mean, anything above five thousand part per million, I will keep on special until my inventory runs out. And uh, my prices are quite a bit. It's the best. The best prices you'll get on the internet, unless Invive runs another one of those sales, which you know. They do, I don't know, on average, I guess about once a year now. But when they do that, I have no idea. Anyway, um, I give you the full protocol here. It's pretty much stated out. And then I also talk about selenium, which is very important for Ebola. Selenium has been found to be almost totally depleted in the soils where Ebola is prevalent in Africa. And has been found very helpful in prevention of Ebola or any viral contagion. Okay, uh, Ebola is a viral selenoprotein and a biosynthesis of this protein could impose an unprecedented selenium demand on the host potentially leading to a severe lipid peroxidation and cell membrane destruction which contributes to the hemorrhagic symptoms because you end up bleeding out of every orifice and a part of it is because it depletes your selenium in your body at such a great rate that evidently it that's one of the reasons you bleed out of every orifice. It is well documented that selenium plays a significant role in the regulation of blood clotting via its effect on the thromboboxane prostacyclin ratio and the effects on the complement system. So it's very, very good to have selenium on hand as well as the silver. And I think if you're going to do this, if you, if you want to, I mean, you can have the innate selenium that I carry or I carry a liquid. Um that um here i'll just go get a bottle real quick i carry a liquid uh called selenium cws it's cheap one drop you're getting like 143 percent of the recommended daily allowance of selenium 100 micrograms 
and um, this would be like something you would do for any viral case. You always want to be taking in selenium. It's not on a food base like my the innate selenium, but as far as if you're going to stock up for a life-saving thing, this would be good to have on hand because you know you get 230 servings, one drop servings in a 15 milliliter bottle, and uh, my price on this is pretty low. Let me just look that up really quick. Uh, so the price on this is um, $14 for, you know, 230 drops, and each drop has 143% of the RDA. Pretty hard to beat. That would be some, uh, I mean, again, I never put all my eggs in one basket. And I'm just going to tell anybody, just the silver is all you need. No, it's one aspect of the immune system, but it's going to do nothing to compensate for this depletion of selenium in the body. So in other words, yes, you could probably overcome it with just silver. But if you got it and you had the selenium in your body, and as we're going to see, like vitamin C, well, what it's going to mean is that those are other things that are severely depleted. If those levels are high, you may only need a fraction of the silver to actually overcome Ebola. Worst case scenario, if you got it, or to ward it off. So I'm always trying to save people money. I'm trying to do unto others as I would have done unto myself. And things like the selenium, and especially with viruses, selenium and vitamin C with viruses will prevent you from having to take massive amounts of the silver, um, typically. So the other thing is vitamin C. You, the Vibe Silver stops the Ebola virus, but you must put the vitamin C and the selenium back in their body. That way Ebola, that the Ebola has taken away. Um, here's what Ebola does that's fatal. It causes the complete removal of all vitamin C from the body. Now remember, your body can't manufacture vitamin C. You have to take it from an outside source. No one actually knows what mechanism is involved in doing this other than a malfunction that is not permanently destructive to whatever is triggered to remove all the vitamin C. So it takes all the vitamin C and all the selenium out of your body. You could just say that all viruses to a certain extent do that, but Ebola is particular. Remember, this is genetically modified, created in a lab. So they created this to be extra special nasty, essentially. Our hard work, our hard earning um, uh, tax dollars that work there, you know. All the researchers know is that vitamin C drops to zero and all symptoms of Ebola are consistent with a complete loss of vitamin C. I think it also has to do with the hemorrhaging effect. Um, Ebola, the way Ebola kills is caused by a severe cytokine release in blood vessel walls. And the blood vessel walls end up rupturing. Um, with regard to Ebola, the exact cytokine is IL-6, which is inhibited by 40, which is inhibited by 41% with adequate amounts of vitamin C. This means that from this mode of action alone, from just vitamin C alone, vitamin C will reduce the impact of Ebola by 41%. If you combine this with the fact that vitamin C will strengthen the blood vessels if it has the bioflavonoids with it. Now, if you're just taking ascorbic acid, that won't happen because ascorbic acid is not vitamin C. It's not the vitamin C molecule. So I reckon like the whole food vitamin C is, you know, the best way to go if you can. Um, I've got 
well, I've got the vitamin C400 by innate. I've got the C complete powder by innate. I've got a Bio C plus 1000 by biotics. And then I've also got a new one from Pharmex, which is a powder. Um, so anyway, I've went over this in recent teachings. If you combine this with the fact that vitamin C will strengthen the blood vessel walls, the two ways vitamin C helps will work in a combination to prevent death from Ebola, especially if Ebola, which removes all vitamin C, weakens the blood vessels uh, by removing vitamin C to begin with. Sorry, that was super redundant. So vitamin C, okay, and selenium. If you have those in high levels with any viral problem, that by itself is going to be gigantic. And then having the Invive Mild Silver Protein on hand, just in case you still contract it, the 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 innate the Invive Mild Silver Protein is going to work so much better if you have those things in play. And then also I did a teaching last week on the immune system and other factors like calcium and things of that nature, vitamin D3 and having proper flora. There's other aspects to the immune system. But for viruses, think selenium, think vitamin C, and I don't mean ascorbic acid, and um, the Invive Mild Silver Protein. So that's all I have for today. And um, uh, Lord willing, we will see you in the next study soon. God bless you.